Hello, welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. I am here with uh, the Internet Jesus himself, SW Cool J. I don't know. I can't think of any cool nicknames right now. It's late. And we're also joined by the local lovable Canuck, Zach Hicken. What's up? Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback, y'all. Don't call it a comeback. Sorry for the technical difficulties coming into this, but uh, it happens. Yeah. Uh, so, real quickly, the reason why we played LL Cool J is because we just dropped a hot mixtape. The mixtape of the summer, I would argue, of the one and only Jimmer Fredette. Do you guys remember who that guy is? Do you guys remember him? Oh man, he played at Weber. That was a few He's years the guy ago. that played at Weber State, right? Oh, you need to shut your mouth right now, okay? <laughs> Do not disrespect his jimmerness. I mean, it's been a few years. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call, don't call it a comeback. He never really left, guys. Did you see his shot? The 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 jimmer. We used to call it the jimmer before we called it Steph Currying or Trey Young or whatever. He shot the ball from like 38 feet. Nothing but net. Classic Jimmer. If if he were in the WNBA, every one of his shots would be a league record. <laughs> uh, can you imagine if he was in the WNBA? I I would I would buy a share of the Las Vegas Aces <laughs> if Jimmer Fredette could play on it on that um, team. So, in case you haven't heard, welcome to the pod. Jimmer Fredette's back in the US of A playing competitive basketball. Sure, it's just for one tournament. Sure, it's not for the NBA. It's actually for the TBT, which stands for... uh, The Basketball Tournament. The The Basketball basketball Tournament. tournament. How it goes is basically... How many teams start? I don't even know. More than 32, right? It's a 64-man bracket. Oh, wow. Okay. So it starts with 64 guys. They narrow it down, just like any other tournament. Uh, winner walks away with $2 million winning team winner takes all $2 million. And it, and it should be noted, this started out as a postgraduate tournament. So it's pretty much all a bunch of guys connected to like sure. one school or one area in some way, or one person in the case of hashtag team for debt. Right. Uh, who's on that team? You guys want to break it down? A couple yeah. So obviously you have his Jimmerness, uh, Jimmer for debt, Brandon Davies, Jimmer and Brandon Davies actually made it to a Sweet 16 together, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Charles Abuo. Just, just like six years too late. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Abuo, uh, former BYU guard. I think he's uh, now playing in France or Spain. Uh, he's been, he's he's been all over in Europe. Europe. He's, yeah, he's been all over the place. Um, let's see. Jordan Crawford. Uh, he's a name I've seen pop oh, up yeah. a couple of times. Um, former, former Westchester Nick, Jordan Crawford. That's how he meant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want to take the you, rest, you mentioned, Yeah, you mentioned Brandon Davies. Um, and then uh, you've got a couple of pretty high-profile uh, boosters slash assistant coaches, like the one and only TJ Fredette. <laughs> um, Speaking of hot mixtapes. Yeah, hot mixtape. Uh, Rashad James, he's he's had a couple couple nice games there for Team Fredette and the TBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Ledbetter. Played at Idaho for a couple of years. You guys don't follow. Never mind. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Jamal Tatum. I don't know if he's actually. I don't think Tatum's actually played, but he's technically on the team. He's on the roster. Um, yeah, I mean those are the main ones. Yeah, right there though. So, so yeah, we get it. I mean, Jimmer, Jimmer, Brandon Davies, and his guys. Yeah. So that's Team BYU basically. Their colors are blue and white. There's a lot of teams like that, like uh, Zach was saying. There's like a, there was like a Utah team. Um, team Utah, led by Sean name? Green. Yeah, <laughs> Team Utah. Yeah, they lost to uh, a team called F- A Few Good Men in That's the first round. That's a great team name. That's yeah. a good team. Yeah, guess guess what school they're connected to. I mean. Um, Navy? Obviously Southern <laughs> Illinois. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Gonzaga. Uh, oh, a, a few good men, though. The uh, at least one of the top two teams of WCC alums 
in yeah. the basketball tournament. Shout out to you, Gale Force. Gale Force, oh, yeah. another one. St. Mary's team. alums. Yeah. That's there are some really unimaginative un, unimaginative names on this. What what are looking some, at you, Team Fredette? Right. Scarlet and Gray is uh, Ohio State, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, Bayheim's Army or the Syracuse alums. Oh, who cares? To name, named after the Shouts student section. Okay. Yeah. I had to, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, the student section there is called Otto's Army. Uh-huh. And so this is all former Jim Bayheim players. So they're. Well, it's a good thing Army. that like, I mean. Syracuse only has like really like one guy kind of in the league right now, and he's pretty washed up. So I, they have quite a few guys to reach out to. <laughs> I mean, all I know is Bayheim's Army and the TBT is probably the furthest a Syracuse-related team has to advance in a <laughs> national basketball tournament for at least the next twelve years. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you could see the pain in his face. Hey, I'm cur- I'm curious, what kind of uh, what guys are on this uh, a few good men team and uh, the Gale Force? Any recognizable guys that like uh, hold, yeah. hold on, keep talking to Phil Dead Arrow. BYU look up their fans roster. would recognize. Um, and I'm sure like Kelly Olynyk isn't there. Yeah. Um, maybe David Stockton. It would, can he do that if he was in the NBA last year? I don't. I don't no. think. It, like, NBA, what's the restrictions? So on NBA this? players I know are ineligible. Okay. Um, At all. Some, but there's some summer league guys. That yeah, are some G League players are ineligible, but not all. So I'm assuming like nice maybe like, like the two-way contract guys or something okay. like that. It would have been nice for like Team Fredette to get maybe a guy like Kyle Collinsworth. Yeah. Who played in the league last year. Um, Who's yeah, I think I think his contract though made him uh, ineligible. ineligible, I believe. <clears throat> huh. Even though he's kind of like a free agent and is probably not yeah. going to make his way back into the NBA it's this year, unfortunately. Because he did – I thought he did good. Yeah, they just drafted two point guards and they had drafted yeah. a point guard last year and – and uh, a few good men, the Gonzaga alumni. We've got uh, Drew Barham, Matt Bolden, uh, Ira Brown, Casey Calvary, Sam Dower. You may remember Sam Dower. He's fairly uh, recent. Stephen Gray. Uh, Devontae Lacey, he played at Wazoo, but he, he knew all those Zag mm. guys. Blake Stepp, he's a little older. Um, yeah, so almost entirely. Maybe that Wazoo guy might transfer Gonzaga as a alums. grad transfer or something. Does he have any eligibility Ooh. left? Ooh, can you do that? Ooh. <laughs> Who knows? That's, that's harsh. Anything is that is harsh. Anything <laughs> is possible. Uh Team Utah for the record, like I said, they lost eighty four to eighty three, two few good men in the first round. Uh but they're led by Sean Green. Danny Berger, who played at Utah State. He's yeah, a team he was Utah a, he now. was a baller. Yeah, he was a good player. Uh he Tim, was the one that Tim had those Dresden. health issues, right? Yeah, collapsed on the court, almost died in practice, yeah. actually. Really? Or not for uh yeah, you should uh, Google the story. Uh, uh, Danny Berger um, collapsed on the court during practice. The uh, trainer saved the, his life. Yeah, the Holy training cow. the training staff brought out a uh, what do they call that? The An defibrillator. EKG. Yeah, defibrillator, and uh, and literally like resuscitated him back to life. Wow. So, uh, so yeah. So shout was out to Stu Danny still Berger. coaching at that time. Yeah, that was under Stu. So was that Stu's last year? I think it was one of his last years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tim Drisdom is there. He brought along his brother, Terrence Drisdom, who played at CP Pomona. You may remember Tim from his time with the Utes. Um, A.K. Manning, recent Utah Valley University graduate. He's, he played with the uh, team Utah. So in Didn't there. he just graduate this last oh, year? Wow. Yeah, just the this last year. The Oklahoma transfer, right? Yeah. He, okay. uh, uh, he, he uh, signed a contract over in Europe recently. Okay, He's good Switzerland, for him. I want to say. Somebody will correct us on Twitter at KSL Sports. If not, whatevs. Um, yeah, the Curry Tuggers with Team Utah. Uh, former, was, didn't he play with the Stars for a little bit? Yeah, for I a hot think, minute? I think so. SLC Stars. I know he had a couple workouts with the Jazz a year ago. So, yeah, that's Team Utah. So, a lot of fun guys, a lot of former uh, college players, some of them playing overseas, some of them not, a couple of them playing through the G League. But really just a whole bunch of guys trying to get together to make a name for themselves and maybe earn a spot on an, on an NBA contract. Are there any guys... Uh, I guess former BYU guys just talking to Team Fredette that you would like to see that maybe would have had an opportunity to go play ooh. on that roster. That's a ooh. So I can I can think of a guy that it would have been great. He's a recent BYU not graduate I guess, but D part E, who had a pretty nice year in Italy. Uh, Mr. Ivan Drago. <laughs> Mr. Ivan Drago himself, Eric Mika. Right. He would have been a nice addition for Team Fredette. Well, you have maybe even a guy like Matt Carlino. Um, we mentioned Kyle Collinsworth already. Oh, man, there's someone. I know that I'm going to kick myself what's, once What's I, Elijah Bryan doing right now? Can he play for Team Fredette? 
that that was one guy that I was maybe thinking of. I'm thinking the, of the Sixers probably wouldn't like that very much though. Yeah, he only plays like a minute in the summer league each during those games. So I don't he could have been eligible to just play for this thing. Um L J Rose with the SLC stars. Yeah. He's playing around and he played on uh uh the Team Jimmy Kimmel. No, no, Team Jimmy Kimmel, yes. <laughs> was, wasn't he on Jimmy Kimmel? Wasn't it Jimmy Kimmel? No, he, he was scrimmaging with Grayson Allen before Grayson yeah. got drafted oh, by yeah, the Jazz. Yeah. No, he was on no, a no, national team. Sorry, you're thinking of Grayson Allen's father. Yeah, he was, uh, on a, he was on a national team for a, uh, a team in the Caribbean. I can't remember which team it was, but he is on the national team. Can't remember who, though. Hmm. Uh, Charles Abuel, who played for the Bahamas? No, 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 no. I'm saying LJ Rose is. Oh, LJ? Yeah. Really? You'll have to look that Hold up. Hold on, I'm going to Google this. Keep talking. But Charles Abuo is obviously already on the team. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, actually quite a few guys. Uh, Lee Kamard, who uh, he's back as a graduate assistant. Um, I know he played a few years overseas. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see what kind of guys that they could get. And yeah. um, I know there's a lot of really good BYU talent. I would love to see um, uh, an Emery Fredette oh, backcourt together again. <laughs> That would have been pretty Or even cool. Tyler Hawes. Like, I know Tyler Hawes, he's kind of bounced around a little bit from the G League to the Canadian Professional League to Europe. Um, he's kind of had a hard time finding a place to land, but um, it'd be cool to see him uh, back up there lacing up the sneakers and uh, playing some basketball with those guys again. I don't know. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Jimmer and his team, they take on the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs. I have that no. was that was today. That no, was that's Sunday. Today. Yeah, they uh, they Who beat them by the Elam rule. They're playing. which, by the way, if you haven't seen the Elam rule, uh, this is like the coolest. This is like the coolest new addition to the the TBT this season. Okay, so I've never watched the TBT before. So this this rule didn't exist, is what you're saying beforehand? Yeah, they came up with it uh, in the off season. Okay, in this off season, I believe. And explain what that rule is just a little bit. Uh so let me let me get this wrong right. I'll uh, pull up the release exactly, but it was invented by a basketball super fan who's also a member of Mensa, the math society. He's a right. math teacher. Uh, his name is Dr. Nick Elam, hence the Elam rule. Oh, okay. Um, and it uh, it's designed to quote eliminate deliberate fouling at the end of games and ensure ensures the final minutes are played at the same pace and flow as the rest of the game and guarantees every game ends on a made basket. Um, so once the um, once you get to the first dead ball period at the under four minute mark of the okay. second half, you take the uh, leading team's score and you add seven, uh, and that becomes what's called the target score. And then the first team to reach that target score is the winner. Oh, so okay. that's okay. So me and Hema were like, we're like, we were cutting the, the uh, we were cutting the highlights for this, and we right. were like, wait, so if they get to ninety nine points, it's just how the game ends. And we were confused because we didn't really understand like what this whole point yeah. was, and we were like, okay, where'd the game clock go? There's a shot clock. There's no game clock. Right. That right. makes a lot of sense, and I really like that. That's kind of cool. Right. So so what it's so what it's designed to do is it is it prevents teams from needing to foul to stop the clock and prolonging games for right. a really long period of time. And what what Dr. Elam did, um, and this isn't in the release, but I remember hearing about it, so I hope I get this right. But he went through and he studied like years and years and years of mostly college basketball and some NBA, uh, and he found that teams when they're in a game that is within seven points, um, that's when, like, the greatest margin of upset or, I guess, comeback happens, something like that. Okay. So basically the team that's behind, if they're behind within within this Elam number, within seven points, they, um, they that, could come back. Yeah, that gives them the best chance to come back. Gotcha. But if they don't come back within those seven points, then the probability of them coming back is extremely low. Yeah. Guys, Dr. Elam fixed basketball. <laughs> we were because we talk about this all the time, yeah. And Zach, because we'll go, we have to go and shoot games, whether it's NBA, whether it's high school or college. Last year, we shot a buttload of games, 
And the last minute of any basketball game is probably interminable. It's absolutely oh, yeah. garbage. It's terrible. The Elam rule would be awesome in high school basketball, by the way. Absolutely. It would be incredible. How about Utah just How about about a shot freaking clock? adding a shot clock first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think it would be great in we're, college we're, basketball. We're going to have to fight about that one off air because I'm not in favor of a shot clock in Utah. Okay. Hey, uh, Brighton High School, let's just hold the ball there are too for many. the entire first half. Uh, but I will, say, cha- I will say, I will say, it's good. It's. Peak. I will just say, and and I won't spend too much time dwelling on it. It'd be really good for the top level of Utah high school basketball, but there's also a lot of really bad high school basketball there is, in Utah. So implement it for and, and you up. don't and you don't. Well, even even in even in six A, there's bad basketball. Sorry guys, you know, no offense to it's anybody. Well, high out school, it's high school. Though. It's going to be bad basketball. Yeah, but but because of that, like I don't think you want to force teams to score when they're up by fifty points. You and could, that's what a shot clock would do. You could force them to be better passers and get open, which is what I like. Yeah, but they eventually have to take a shot or yeah. or take a shot clock violation. And if they're taking shot clock violation after shot clock violation, but how, does, how is that any worse sportsmanship-wise than running up the score? How does holding the ball help them to take a shot? It doesn't. Just and it doesn't really ball. help the fans in the stands who are paying to go to the games. I mean, if I wouldn't have as much of an issue. They're paying. They're paying very little, and most of they're them are paying like five or six bucks. And a game most now. of them are sneaking in. <laughs> they're paying five or six bucks a game, and that adds up. You know, that adds up. I think only like parents get in for free. Do parents even get no, in? No, parents. Parents don't get in. Parents are probably the most likely to actually pay, but right. parents also aren't there to watch a basketball game. They're sure. there to support their children. Sure. And watch a basketball game that their children are playing in. No, that's true. Even most most parents don't care about the actual game. They just want to see little Jimmy run around on the on the court and true. make shots. Um, but what about the parents whose kids ride the bench, Sean? They have to watch basketball that, because but, Jimmy's not running around. Okay, that's a good that's a good point. I have no answer for that. You win. <laughs> I I still really think that adding a shot clock would elevate the game at least a little bit. I think so too. Maybe maybe they just do it for the state tournament or something. Sure. Oh, um, that's a good point. State attorney, you should get the best schools in there. Ugh. Yeah, but but then why are you? But then why would you change dramatically change a game from the regular season into the state tournament? So we're gonna okay. So this podcast is just completely delineated from the TBT Derailed. to how we're gonna Derailed. fix UHSAA <laughs> and everything that's going on with it. However. Yeah, do we we'll want to start talking football and classifications we'll and stuff like that? <laughs> oh, we could we could go off for a long time. <laughs> coming could. soon, coming soon to KSL Sports Podcast Ventures is an all high school football podcast. <laughs> we'll be here for like six hours a week. Oh man! Um, but no, going back to the original the original point, I think sure. the Elam rule is would genius. be an excellent addition to high school basketball. Yes, and college shot, shot clock or no shot clock, the Elam rule would be an amazing addition to high school basketball. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a great addition to college basketball. The NCAA sure. might have more trouble passing it, but uh, I think yeah. I think you could get this through to high school associations slash the NFHS yeah. pretty easily. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. yeah, I think that it definitely solves some issues with high school basketball. Not all of them, as we uh, have discovered, yeah. because we have some uh, <laughs> some other issues going on. I think it fixes college basketball too, especially with just the tempo. I mean, college basketball is just so broken. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other things that need to be fixed. They were on their way with already cha- changing the shot clock. I think it needs to be adjusted a little bit more. Um, and, uh, I mean, honestly, my only gripe with the NBA right now uh-huh. is just that last minute of a game where teams yeah. just don't really want to give up. Um, Even if they're down by, like, 20. Yeah. They'll still foul. And yeah, you're it like, me what nuts. the hell? I think, yeah, we could talk about this forever and ever, but point is, yeah, that rule's great, and it makes a lot of sense now. Well, and me. it puts a little bit of pressure on the team that's ahead, too, I feel like, because if it's close enough, like... Yeah, now, and now they, they have can't to actually just, like, keep scoring. Get, yeah, yeah, they can't just yep. ride out the shot clock. Yeah, They actually or, have or to wait, be active. Or yeah, they wait have to, to be fouled or, mm-hmm. yeah, or anything like that. They actually yep. have to still, still be on Coaches the still have to coach, players still have to play. Yeah. So um, they have to get it done, because we saw in the... In the team for that game today, yeah. I think uh, the team that they were playing, I can't remember the name, went on like a 6-0 run uh, like towards when Team Fredette only had to score like two more points. Yeah. And it actually made it kind of a tight game. I think it was like 97-92 and when the target yeah. score was 99. And honestly, Team Fredette won on free throws. Like, yeah, they got fouled <laughs> driving to the basket, yeah. and so they won on free throws. But um, there was some pressure on Team Fredette, and I mean yeah. that team could have very easily came back and beaten them. 
Um, so it was, I, I like that rule. I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I think too. I'm an advocate. I'm going to go out and uh, uh, I'm going to start like a Twitter account, like <laughs> for the brand, like the Elam rule. The Elam rule. The, the biggest be, ambassador for it. <laughs> we're going to take it to church ball. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, that would fix church ball. I mean, <sighs> there's, don't, let's not get started on church ball. <laughs> I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't mention this, but at Elam rule is currently available on Twitter. You better snag that shiz up. Yeah, jump on that. Um, jump on that. Let right me now. make us a like a KSL sports oh, be- yeah, themed Elam that. rule thing. You got that. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, guys. What the so, Elam rule would also be the great name of a TBT podcast. Yeah. Next year we're gonna jump on 2019. It. If I we're all still around. It. By the way, okay. So the so tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening, Monday, right? Team for debt plays again. Uh, I don't know who they play. But they, they play uh, in the uh, Super 16 Friday, on right? Friday. Yeah. Oh, on Friday. Yeah. Okay. They'll play. Uh, they're playing in Fort Wayne. Atlanta, and it's on ESPN Hot again, right? Yeah, it'll okay. be on ESPN. So, so yeah. all games are broadcast on ESPN, either ESPN, ESPN two, or at least streamed on ESPN three. What were they? Jim Fredette has enough sway that uh, every one of his games so far has been on ESPN Prime. Hmm. Oh, Weird. Hmm. Funny how that happens, right? Let me ask uh, you Yeah, this. Friday will also be on ESPN. So, it's one of the few things to get Mormons to miss uh, like second <laughs> hour of church. Like, they'll push hard enough against their wives. Like, men will push hard enough against their wives. I like, think I think today's game started at 9 a.m. Mountain Time, didn't it? It was 10 a.m. It, it was yeah. Yeah. Close so, enough. you go to sacrament meeting and see, you see, get out during second hour. And I don't pay form. attention because I'm not married, and so I haven't been to church before <laughs> 1 o'clock in the afternoon in 12 years now. Oh, man. It's 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 def- not fun. No, don't don't give me that. Hey, it's I have not 3 fun. p.m. church. Not that I necessarily am going because of our work. There, I have a conflict with my work schedule, but it's actually not as bad as you would think it would be. Did they broadcast on ESPN last year? Trump? Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Team for Debt like totally swindled people by telling, "Hey, like Jimmer's going to be on the bench. He might come off and play a little bit." He, never did. He coached. <laughs> He coached, he but coached? like, yeah, he never okay, came off. I okay. think TJ was like the main coach, and Jimmer was like the assistant coach. Well, they were saying in like press releases, like, keep an eye out for these games. Like, Jimmer might play. He's gonna be suited up, and he never played. Yeah, he <laughs> never, he never even dressed or anything like that for their one game. They lost by a point to Team Utah in the first round. But oh yeah, I remember that. Um, Jimmer, Jimmer would also probably admit this. So I don't think this is too hot takey, but Jimmer Fredette's not a very good coach right now. Like, maybe that's in his future. Maybe he eventually becomes a. a a good coach and everything, but he's still playing. Like he's still got a contract in China and whatever. He's trying to work his way back to the NBA or, or to a better league in Europe or whatever that may be. Uh, but right now he's not a great coach. So yeah, he, they kind of swindle people he, a little bit. I didn't even know he coached. Yeah. Like, so he's, I don't care. He's it's, not, he's not great. It's not his time to coach. It's fine. Yeah. He Sounds can like still, other BYU legends. <laughs> yeah. He can, me, he can still hit 38 foot three pointers. So, okay. I mean, so, so, what you, so you brought up a point. People will play older ex-basketball players, for lack of a better word, some are washed up. They're looking to play to get a contract maybe or a look for the NBA or something like that. Yeah, that's that's that exactly happened? why Brandon Davies and Jimmer Fredette are playing. Yeah, how's I, that ever, what, How's it worked out in the, in the past? Has anyone gotten a contract from playing there, the So there have been summer league contracts that have been earned through this tournament. I mean, it's only okay. this is only the fourth year of the tournament. So it's still really young. It's not like it's happened a ton. Yeah. Uh, but there were a couple of guys. Overseas Elite is kind of the powerhouse of this tournament. It's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of guys that play in like the top top leagues in Europe. Uh, and several of them two years ago when they went on their run and won the championship, uh, there were like four or five of them that earned summer league contracts for that next year. And like scouts and GMs, when they were talking to the press about how they found so-and-so, how they found so-and-so, they said, oh, yeah, we were watching – ESPN and the basketball tournament came uh, on. Was it Royce O'Neal somehow Overseas involved Elite. with it? I could be wrong, but hmm. for some reason I thought he was involved with it somehow. But it's just it's another opportunity for these guys to get in front of scouts for in with a big national brand partnered uh-huh. uh, with them through e- ESPN. It's not like yeah. a lot of these scouts, while they do have guys overseas, they're not going to see some game where you know it's Munich really hard. Is Berlin right, and sure. you know the German Division B yeah. Yeah, it's basketball. A, it's league. really hard to scout Europe right now. Yeah, I mean especially outside of like maybe the big leagues like Spain and Italy. Sure, it's it's especially hard to scout Europe. I mean look at look at the fiasco that was uh, Lavar Ball and his boys 
trying to play in Lithuania and yeah. really playing more well, like and high probably, school kids. They got kids more and that media kind of coverage thing. than any other team. And they were like, like you said, setting up games against like 14 year old kids. And yeah. so, like, Leangelo and uh, Lamelo were freaking just going off against. Yeah. And, like, and these and guys be- were like, wow, they scored 60 points. Like, you'd see it on Bleacher Report. Yeah. Like, Jello scored 68 points against a team from China. And then you go and watch the highlights afterwards. And, like, none of these kids are like over six feet. Like oh. he was yeah. just and destroying. Where, and where is Jello now? He didn't even get sure. a. He didn't get a I summer league contract. I think part of it also does have to do with like, Levar. He's not as oh. good as his brother, and his dad's kind of an arrogant jerk. And yeah. how many teams? He's gonna. He's gonna play in his really dad's. Uh, he's gonna play in his dad's league though. I mean, seriously, part of the reason the Kawhi JBA. deal fell out with the Lakers is because the Spurs didn't want to have to deal with Levar if. Uh, if he ended up getting traded over there. If Lonzo ended up getting traded to the Spurs, yeah. So he's not really a great <laughs> trade piece because of his dad. Yeah. Plus, I don't know. I feel like there's so much hype that it kind of clouds whether or not they're actually. They could be talented. Who knows? But it's like. I mean, everybody wants to be special, but I don't think we're that special. But it's it's that crap like. Oh, they played against 14-year-old boys. That's like, and, maybe they suck. You know, one of them gets kicked out of UCLA, and he never plays at the college level, and his daddy runs to protect him, and yeah. the other one was too good for high school basketball at Chino Hills or wherever he played, so he goes and play as a 16-year-old, he goes and plays in Lithuania, and he doesn't really put up great numbers like he was because he's kind of reined in a little bit because LeVar doesn't have as much control of the team. Yeah, And now he he's did. ruined his chance to play college ball and develop himself that way. Oh well, we won't talk about we won't we shouldn't spend any more time on the ball. It's ball in the family. <laughs> it's ball in the family. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, team for debt. They're uh, in the uh, sweet sixteen. Super super sixteen. Super sweet, sixteen. Sweet yeah, sixteen is trademark. That's trademarked. You can't oh. say it. Can in we fact, say that? There was a certain. Uh, I I know for a fact that there was a certain uh, credit union in Utah County that <laughs> got sued by the NCAA for, for using March Madness as a moniker a few years ago. And That's so true. they pushed That's a true. huge advertising campaign, had to completely change it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. That's that's also why you, you can't use the term Final Four. People sometimes sure. do colloquially, but for any other tournament outside of the NCAA uh, men's and women's basketball tournaments, you cannot say Final Four for semifinals. So can you not say, like, Elite Eight either? Technically, no. That one's a lot less common in speech. Final Four is like really common. Sweet Sixteen right. is really common. Elite Eight less so. The the we could talk about that maybe come next March. We'll circle back around. But the Elite yeah, okay. Eight is kind of like the uh, the lost round of the NCAA tournament, sure. where you're like the last eight teams left in this huge tournament. It's like it's a big for deal. Each region. Yeah, but yeah. like but. Nobody pays attention to well, it because it's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, Sweet 16, cool. Final, for final Four, yeah. cool. Well, it's, eh, sure. It's, okay, Elite we'll talk eight. about this later. But I think partly it's because, like, Sweet 16, you're like, oh, crap, this nowhere podunk school made it. This yeah. is crazy. And then by the eighth round, like, the next round, they're like, oh, they lost, you know, yeah. typically. Yeah, typically. Shout um, out to VCU. <laughs> Richmond, yeah. Yeah. But George Mason. Syracuse. Syracuse. <laughs> Sorry, the, I'm I'm poking fun at Sean Sy- and Syracuse today, guys. Syracuse, the ultimate underdog. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's kind of funny because you'll get people who will just totally like scour everywhere to yeah. find that stuff just to make some money because they can press charges and copyright yeah. infringement. Like, there's a certain phrase that like we'll probably get caught if we end up saying it because they're really good at catching it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna go there. Voldemort. No, 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 no. Um, it's something just, associated just don't with say it boxing. Three times. Oh yeah, Let's yeah, yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't okay. go any further. Don't, yeah, don't go further. Because Let's we'll no stop. Nope. Let's get it KSL on. Will, KSL will <laughs> will probably get sued if we go any further. Let's Let's get it on. Mm. This is KSL Sports mm. After Hours. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Marvin Gaye sues us. Yeah. For- <laughs> using his shout out to you marvin gay hey all y'all go uh if you're listening to this podcast go buy something from marvin gay on itunes and for all you maybe uh, i'll be less mad at for us. all you 20 something year olds marvin gay was a singer back in the uh for you married 70s. folk uh down, like buy his album <laughs> and just treat your wife to like a night of like a f- nice dinner shrimp cocktail. by the candlelight uh, She'll appreciate. I've got yeah. three, three wives already. Yeah, put on a Marvin Gaye 
album and yes yep great way to start the weekend <laughs> um so i think what i think that's about all we have for the basketball tournament for this week yeah no um, that's pretty much it go watch team for death this friday it's a lot of fun it really is great the elam rule is awesome the yeah. tournament is awesome if I you're a college Jimmer's hitting 40 like foot me. shots yeah yeah it's also, great. also check out our mad mixtape from uh, Childish Gambino and a collaboration with <laughs> Hema Hamuli Jr. Uh, as well as a green screen cougar. Oh yes, on our YouTube no, channel. No, a live cougar that we actually. I mean, filmed. yeah, an actually an actual. We live filmed cougar. in our uh, little extra utility studio that we have. Yep. We bought a pretty a wild night. Yeah, we had to kick out Brooke Walker and the Studio Five crew, but we managed to to use the studio. And we did lose somebody. R.I.P. Rod Zundel, who was eaten by the. Actual cougar, and also R.I.P. McKay Pet's left hand. <laughs> it's okay though; he's it's a right. He still has his right hand. We should have That's picked McKay because he he's not here to defend himself. Um, R.I.P. McKay. Uh, R.I.P. Kurt to our intern. <laughs> our intern. By the <laughs> way, shout out to Kurt. Kurt, what's up, dude? Why aren't you on our podcast? Like, bro, we know you listen. Like, why don't you hop on here and just like spend like, some takes? What the hell's your problem? If you are listening to this, Kurt. <laughs> Blink three times next time I see you, just sl- without saying anything. DM and then us. That, then that way we know that you listen, and we'll get you on the podcast before you, your internship's up. All right, yeah. even even better. You don't even have to do that, Kurt. If you're listening to this podcast right now, the next time I see you, you better be wearing a Cavs jersey. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and a hat. And a hat. A Lakers hat. Oh, a Lakers hat. Yeah, his Lakers hat. Does he have a? La- oh yeah, he does have a Lakers. He does have. Hat. A Lakers He's probably hat. got Lebrons too. If you wear some Lebrons. A Cavs jersey and a Lakers hat. We know that you listen to, the podcast. You listen to the podcast. Okay. So, anyways, um, shout out to Kurt. Shout out to man. Kurt. I think so. Yeah, we're done with Jimmer. Although I hope I secretly hope Donovan Mitchell somehow finds his way to Atlanta to watch the next game. I think that'd be cool because dude's been everywhere lately. Uh, was it last night? He he appeared at the uh, RSL, RSL game. game. Yeah, RSL game, which was like total freaking. Train wreck. Yeah, he was he was like the second most popular jazz player at the RSL game last night. He was the second. Yeah, him and, and Royce O'Neal. Him and Bucket O'Neal. People were getting so excited about <laughs> Royce O'Neal. Little did they know that Donovan Mitchell was there. So, <laughs> so true story. One of my friends actually saw the two of them walking into their suite. Okay. Um, and there was a there was a fan that saw. I don't I don't think they saw Donovan at first. Okay. Um, I'm- but they legit ran up and like. We're like begging Royce O'Neal for for a selfie for a photo with but, him. But like, because uh, they have to have not seen yeah. Donovan. I'm, how, how the hell I'm the hell guessing. You? I'm guessing they didn't see Donovan Mitchell. I don't know for sure. Because who's of the two? <laughs> who is the most recognizable? Donovan I mean, Mitchell. Well, there was the whole think. thing at like the BYU basketball game where Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal were sitting next to each other, and <laughs> BYU like mentioned Donovan and didn't say anything about Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like super, super awkward. Wasn't that wasn't that the right. same game that Ricky Rubio was like three seats down because they all was rolled it? up like in a pack? Yeah, they were all yeah. together and they were there to watch <laughs> yeah, Elijah. Like, yeah, they were like five. Okay. They were like five jazz guys. Gotcha. <laughs> it was pretty awkward because yeah. I went to a Stars game and wait, was it a Stars game? I think it was a Stars game. Um, and uh, freaking Yoli Childs showed up, and this guy that was taking pictures next to me was like. Is that Yoli Childs? I'm like, of course that's Yoli Childs. Like, like there's no other like Gerald looking brother. Like <laughs> Gerald like from six, Hey Arnold looking brother. Yeah, from like who's gonna be showing up to a Salt yeah. Lake Stars basketball game? <laughs> he was wearing like BYU stuff too, so I'm like, nah, that's not him. You should have been like, oh no, that's Matt Bushman, bro. <laughs> no, that's Tanner Mangum, oh dude. My gosh, that's but. Elijah Bryant. <laughs> They already no, get confused don't, enough. Don't you, don't you recognize BYU outfielder Kyle Dean? Come on, man. Uh, former BYU outfielder Kyle well, Dean. He would have been he would have been current at that time. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh my god. Shout out to Kyle Dean. But anyways, Cal State San Marcos? Is that where he transferred? I think. Man, I'll I hope he makes it. That guy's a player. That guy's a player. Um but let's uh talk in BYU. We talked a little bit of BYU this week on uh KSL Sports Beat. Yeah. It was our BYU preview. We kicked off the uh, college football season with a little BYU football preview. By the way, Zach put together a killer 
hype video. For Dude, I thought it was killer, and then you put together your uh, Jimmer Fredette <laughs> mixtape, the 2017-2018 oh mixtape. Oh, dude, that was sick. I loved it. Like, seriously, you guys got to check it out. It's on our Twitter account. It's on our YouTube, too, I it's think. It's straight fire. It's going to get pulled off our YouTube account for copyright <laughs> infringement. For sure. There is, there is a very good chance. So if you guys are listening to this, Go uh, look YouTube at right people, now. like... For, for the Sign YouTubers, up for Twitter like, and watch it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's, there's a legit chance that YouTube might pull this video, but it's great. It's awesome. It's cool. It's amazing. We're under a minute, so I feel I feel like that should fall in fair use, but YouTube has weird copyright rules. Twitter and Who Facebook knows? do not have those same rules. If I can't it is, say- It is on both of those by the time most of you're listening to this. Stop. Even, no, stop. Oh. Uh, kill his mic. Kill his no. mic. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, I, I lost you, <laughs> lost you there, Heba. So no, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, we did some predictions. We pretty much did like a recap for like every major storyline. Yeah. Uh, new offensive system with a new offensive staff. Uh, quarterback controversy. Um, the tough schedule. Um, oh my gosh. Five Power Five teams, as well as Boise State and NIU, two teams that are kind of picked to win their conference, as well as. Uh, maybe the best independent team in UMass and the second yeah. best independent team in New Mexico State Aggies. All I'm saying is there is a chance this November that Utah finds, or sorry, Utah, that BYU Oof. finds itself um, on the losing two end against, of a streak uh, former, to UMass. Yeah, former uh, independents. Well, real quickly, what do you current, current give us your numbers. Like what, what is uh, BYU's record next year? We, this year? we, re- we recap this on uh, what was it Wednesday night? Yeah, go go back early in our feed. Thursday check morning, out the very uh, early Thursday morning. KSL campus report. Let's do something a little bit different. Then I'm going to give you guys an over under. I'm just going to handicap you guys okay. an over under. Okay. Um, I want Preview one of, you. of our uh, new gambling podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, I want one of you, one of you to go over, one of you to go under, and tell me why BYU is going to be over under this number. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put the magic number at five and a half wins this year. You go first, Emma. Okay, that's nice of you. This is easy. Under. Okay. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> and, and that's not, I'm not hating. It's just what goes into my prediction is just there's so many hard teams and the team, like they, they play so many good teams this year and the BYU's roster is virtually unchanged. Last year we didn't win a lot of games. And so this year it's even worse. Let's hear, uh, well, you go. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Well, I guess I have to go over. Uh, here's my case. They're barely going over. Worse. They're gonna go six and six. Um, I think out of the power five teams that they play, uh, I think they beat one, and that's Cal. Okay. Um, just because Cal that's has fair. we we kind of hashed this a little bit on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. F- Fifteen returning starters on that Cal team, though. Yeah, but they lost a lot of senior leadership. They lose they their did. starting running back. I new think they quarterback. Lost quarterback. Yeah, new car- quarterback. Um, and they're I playing. Think, they're playing at BYU and only the second week of the season. Yeah, at BYU. Um, I think that's going to help a little bit. I think BYU will be a little bit more ready um, coming off of Arizona, which I picked mm-hmm. as a loss. Um, I think that they'll beat Utah State. I think they'll beat UMass. I think they'll beat New Mexico State. Um, they'll beat McNeese State. So that's five wins right there. Um, and then they just have to win one of uh, NIU. Um, did you say New Mexico already? New Mexico State, yeah. I I think that's the key right there, and that's why I think five and a half is is kind of the handicap of choice yeah. with this BYU team because I think it's pretty easy to find, um, to find four wins on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I think you can do Hawaii. that pretty Hawaii's easily. Hawaii's the team I'm missing right there. I think they beat Hawaii. Right. Um, so I I think you can find four wins on the schedule fairly easily, but it's a little bit harder to find seven or eight wins. So. Right. The You're real right. question and the real kind of determiner of success is can BYU find two wins that they're maybe not supposed to get? And th- no, well, um, I think there's two wins in there. I think the difference me and Zach were talking uh, between the team uh, between the wins that we're talking about is like I think Utah State that'll be a tough win. Oh, it's a toss up. And I said NIU's yeah. a toss up. I didn't pick that NIU game too. yet. Yeah. I haven't picked that game yet. I think it could go either way. And both of those are in promo. Um, but here's my case that I made earlier this week. Mm-hmm. The last three of the four last great seasons that BYU had, 1996, 2006, 
2009. And what's the other one that I'm missing? 2009. 96, 2001. So 96, 2001, 2006, and 2009. Okay. Those are probably the last four great seasons that BYU had. Mm -hmm. Okay. In three of those four years, BYU had a senior quarterback. Well, in all four of those years, BYU had a senior quarterback. But in three of those years, they came off a disappointing season. 1995, the first time in almost 20 years that BYU missed a bowl game. Mm-hmm. 2001. In 2000, um, BYU went 6-6 six and six after, and they had to win their last two games to even get to 500 in Lavelle's last season. Mm-hmm. In 2006, right. it was the rebound from the Croton Well, 2005, it was the rebound from the Croton era. They get to bowl el- eligibility again, but they lose to Cal and finish 6-7 and seven on the season. So, but the next, in each of those follow-up seasons, they did something great. They got to 10 wins. They finished ranked. Um, they did big things behind a senior quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're in the consensus here. They're probably going to go with Tanner Mangum at sure. quarterback. From all accounts, it sounds like he is doing great. He looks great. The, the in-between-the-lines uh, kind of message that we got from Media Day uh-huh. is that he's the guy. Right. Um, Aaron Roderick spoke more highly of Tanner than any other quarterback. I know that Joe Critchlow came around for media sessions with the print for, guys for and the radio some, guys. For some. He didn't come to TV. The only yeah, Joe, guy Joe actually from didn't TV come down that to went the around print area. to uh, oh, okay. didn't come to the print area. Yeah, the only guy that went down to TV was Tanner. And yeah. he was very candid about his position. He looks good. His uh his quarterback trainer, Dustin Smith, says that he looks good. Yeah. They've changed up some mechanic issues that he had last year where he had a very wide base, um, which kind of caused uh, with some issue with him being able to throw the ball accurately. It was coming out a little bit low, getting blocked, mm-hmm. didn't have as much velocity. Um, they kind of helped straighten him out a little bit and uh, stand him up and give him more, a little bit more power. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Tanner Mangum's the obviously the most decisive factor in that. Yeah. But he has a good cast around him. Micah Simon's going to be improved. Mm-hmm. You have Dylan Cauley back as a grad transfer who had a great season at Hawaii last year, had 50-plus catches. Um, and a freshman All-American in Matt Bushman, Squally Canada, uh, is back for a senior year after finishing very, very strong towards the end of the season, albeit the weakest part of the schedule. Yeah. Um, and they have Their a pretty talented great. offensive line. Yeah, this might be the best offensive line that BYU has had in the Independence era. Right. Um, I think the defense is going to be more improved. Um, you're going to have guys moving around to more natural positions, I think. For sure. Um, with, like, Sione Takitaki moving to, like, that Will linebacker, the weak side linebacker. Yeah. Um, Troy and Dion are going to be back at safeties. Chris Wilcox should be improved. Um, Zane Anderson is moving up from um, safety to that flash linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Um, and Devin Kafusi just sounds like he's going to be a force, and they have a good rotation on that front defensive line. Because one thing that they really struggled with last year was – putting pressure on quarterbacks. Um, they really only had like like two guys that could get a good push, and one of them was Corbin, the other was uh, Trajan Peely. Mm-hmm. I think that they have like three or four dogs, um, including having like Sione like come off the edge on that weak linebacker For spot sure. that can really get it done. Also, Butch Pau is oh, back yeah. down to like his sophomore weight. He, he looks good, He too. looks good. Hopefully he's healthy. I know that he's had some knee injuries, um, knee issues, and – some stuff off the field like he just kind of got off to like a weird start last year and never was able to find his sophomore season form from 2016 but I think that um yeah I I I sound like I'm super blue goggled right now um I just think that BYU is gonna be better and I don't think it's gonna be markedly better but I think it's good enough to make a bowl game and that's obviously over that five and a half that Sean gave us I think it just kind of boils down to we'll see how they do in the first couple games I mean Everyone looks promising. The, from what the coaches say, everyone looks promising too. Um, the thing that really gives me um, comfort is uh, Jeff Grimes. He's he's very um, honest, straightforward. Yeah, he's ta- he yeah he's. I was he's all say about blunt. accountability. I was gonna say blunt, but he's very tactful in what he says. But Forceful. He he says he'll say things. <laughs> He'll say things like penetrating. He'll say things like, "Oh God, not a good enough reason to use that word." <laughs> That's not a not, good enough reason. He does not want the opponent's defensive line to penetrate his offensive line. That's he a, doesn't. Yeah, so he's all about protection. 
Okay. Okay, let's stop. It's done there, okay? Uh, yeah. But yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't mince words. So when when the coaches say, oh, yo, Tanner Mangum looks great, which Pot was lightened up and he looks great. Having Grimes behind them saying, yeah, those guys do look good. They're not where we're going Well, and I feel be, the same way about the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. Like, he's someone who's, like, very careful about his words. And, like, I feel like he's very guarded with the with the press. Uh-huh. Um, and he is even more than he has been in the past. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think that BYU is going to be better than 4-9. and nine. Um, They can't finish 4-9 and because they're not going to play 13 games this year. <laughs> If they only finish with four wins, right. um, but let me tell you one game that I definitely do not think they're going to win. It's that last game of the season against Utah, and <sighs> this will kind of be like a short little look forward to our uh, Utah preview, which is coming up this Saturday. Saturday, six p.m. You guys know where to find it. KSL Channel Five. Yes, we'll sir. also get YouTube, that up yep. online. Follow us on YouTube, on Twitter. We'll make sure y'all get those links out there. KSL.com will have it as well. Um, this but is yeah, not- it's the Utes turn. This is not a spoiler. The youths look good, and we're going to tell look you damn good. how good they look, and who who is going to be the people that we want to watch. Do you guys have any any players in mind right now? That Chase, Hansen, Chase Hansen, Zach Moss. Call it my Utah County Mikey bias, Foku. but I think it comes down to one newcomer, and it's just two words. Yeah. And his name is Britton Covey. I knew you were going to say that. Five foot eight, one hundred and sixty-five pounds of pure awesome. Plus. <laughs> Uh, plus, I, I mean, if, if we're if we're really nitpicking positions of not necessarily weakness, but what's the opposite of depth? Shallow positions, I okay. guess. Yeah. Um, positions that that could use some help for this Utah team this year. I think it's a wide receiver, and so I think Brent yeah. Covey comes off of a two-year LDS mission at the perfect time to to help. Now, granted, he's he's got to figure out how to adapt into Troy Taylor's offense. Sure. Which is something very different than from when he left. Um, when he left, their offensive coordinator was Skeletor, I think. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I mean John Pease. Uh, um, um, but but yeah, so that, now so now he's sure. here with Troy Taylor, and so yeah. he's got to figure out a new offense, and we'll see how he gets into that. That's what fall camp was for. Sure. He's also been here through spring workouts and spring conditioning. We'll see um, how he and that kind of thing. See how Tyler Huntley does. That's really important yeah. too. But um, some of the stuff that Brian Covey could do in high school, and he was at Timview. Um, was just unreal. I mean, he's he's a top ten high school football player that I've ever covered. Yeah, I, I'd granted, say he's granted, probably I, top five that I've ever seen. Yeah, wow. and granted, I haven't. I mean, I haven't been around for ever and ever. Yeah. Um, I've probably sure. been around for the last like fifteen years watching high school football, but he's probably in the top ten. Really? What's in the that lo- time. So you think is he the latest uh, high school receiver that you've been excited about? Well, he wasn't even a high school. He was in yeah, a, he was a quarterback. High school. He was a quarterback. He was a quarterback and, like, and a safety. Yeah, they pretty much just like tossed the ball to him and we were just like, go do whatever. And he <laughs> yeah. had like enough weapons around him to like get it done. He started just, running like, back early. But yeah. yeah, he was just, he's just he was he's so an shifty. Athlete. And like, I mean, honestly, go look up his highlight film because it's literally him from like, um, <laughs> from like his own 20 yard line. Making like six guys miss and then just running up the sideline. It's basically flat. It's like that, like for like fifteen or sixteen minutes because he started for four years. And keep in mind, he also did some of this in like a really, really bad Region Seven. For okay, a but he of was years. also doing this like for the state tournament. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I mean, he didn't start out as a quarterback because he had Jake Lloyd, who was a stud, playing with him. But when he was the guy at quarterback, I mean, he was so shifty. I mean, he's like what you want in like a. Uh, uh, a wildcat quarterback, like he's like Mike Vick in like uh, Madden two thousand three or two thousand four <laughs> or whatever. Where like he was literally unstoppable, you yeah. know. And then if he was about to get tackled, he just tossed the ball up, and one of his big receivers yeah. would go and get it for him. But yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna make a big difference. I said lucky foe too. Tyler Huntley, I think, is gonna be back and really, really good. I yeah. mean, he has a year under his belt, and another year with and Troy if he's Taylor. Not- He's got the highest-rated quarterback to ever commit to the University of Utah right behind him. Jack Tuttle. He looks great, by the way. I, I, so oh, and by the way, those guys are going to get time because four of Utah's starting five offensive linemen are all back. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be crazy. So, yeah, uh, tune in this week, uh, this weekend, all you Ute fans out there. It's going to be great. We're going to make a lit hype video. Yeah. Not as lit as if McKay Pet was here. But. Oh, dude. Shouts to McKay. Can't wait for that SUU hype video. Dude, SUU is going to have some lit content coming out. 
It's going to be, be pretty, pretty awesome. Um, it's going to put him on the map. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, by the way, when you said Jake Lloyd, the first thing I thought about was uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Dallas Lloyd, former uh, Stanford quarterback slash safety, yeah. his younger brother. Okay. Uh, really good football player at Tempio. That's awesome. Um, by the way, I th- did we talk about this before? They're, they're related to some bountiful Lloyds, right? No idea. Because uh, my brother played, who's also at Stanford, but he played it with the Lloyd. I think they're okay. cousins. Um, I don't remember his name right now because it's almost 2 a.m. Watch out for the Turbo Tongan at Stanford, though. Yep. We're playing tight end, we decided. <laughs> Defensive end. Middle linebacker. He'll play wherever David Chubb puts him. Yeah. By the way, be Utah honest. better freaking make the Pac-12 championship. If they don't, it's gonna be okay. Let, let's collapse. just let's say it right now before we go. Is Utah the Pac-12 South champion for 2018? Yes or no? Ooh, yes or no? It's either I'll, a yes or no, no. answer. I'll, st- I'll start. I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with no too. I'm gonna go yes. I think that they finally get the monkey off their back this I think year. They do it, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's the pack. The Pac-12 South is as deep right now as it's just about ever been. USC is finally back. UCLA has the ultimate wild card and one Charles Chip Kelly leading the attack. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, Utah always struggles when it plays Arizona State, whether or not it's any good or not, and that is very yet to be determined under it's new coach Herm Edwards. Edwards. Uh, right now, Arizona's got a very legitimate Heisman Trophy contender in Khalil Tate. Oh, and by the way, he just added the former Johnny Football's coach in Kevin Sumlin. Um, and then Colorado, well, okay, so they're going to win at least one game this year. <laughs> uh, but I like that. I, th- I think that. I think the Pac-12 South is as deep, if not deeper, as it's ever been since Utah's joined the I think on paper right now. Follow follow him on Twitter, at JJ (laughs) Sportsbeat. Send him all your hate. I think on paper, Utah is currently the best team in the Pac-12 South. So if I'm going to go preseason, based on what's on paper, proven facts, Utah's going to win the Pac-12 South. I'm I'm right in between you guys. This always seems to happen. But I think... I think if there there is a year that they take the South, it's this year because Utah's got a really strong team, that team that's played together, right? But I think they're going to blow it. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Something weird, which always happens in the Pac-12. Something I, weird's going to happen. Utah's 2018 football model, the South will rise again. <laughs> I love the, it. The Pac-12, where Make weird happens. Make the Pac-12 great again. <laughs> no. And on that note... We're going to end the podcast. Make the uh, Pac-12 great again, guys. Pac-12 Utah South. The, Pac-12 South. Thank you for listening to the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. I am Hema Hemuli Jr., the internet Jesus himself, Sean Walker. Forks up, baby. Oh. Forks up, baby. And uh, the Canuck, Zach Hicken. Go Huskies. <laughs>